and welcome to Prophecy Girls, a Buffy rewatch podcast. I'm Stephanie Chow, pronouns she, her. And I'm Kara Babcock, pronouns she, her. Join us each week as we break down every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer from the beginning. This is a spoiler-free podcast, so whether you're watching for the first time or longtime fans like us, we'll be analyzing every episode, character, and storyline like it's our first time too. During this rewatch, we'll reminisce about our memories of Buffy, discuss the show's cultural impact, and provide honest commentary on the show from a 21st century lens. Thanks for listening. Now, on to the episode. Season 5, episode 19, Tough Love. And boy, oh boy, do some of our characters get some tough love in this episode. It, yeah, th- this is an interesting episode to me because there are parts I like, there are parts I'm not so much of a fan, and season 5 has had some really high highs, a couple of lows. It's not as rocky as season 4. This is one of those episodes where I'm just like, yeah, it moves the story along, but honestly, overall, it's kind of a forgettable episode, if that makes sense. Yeah, I'm never going to crave this episode. I'm never going to be like, ooh, I got to go watch Oh, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. I need some tough love. I will say it was very challenging for me to stop myself from just rolling on into the next episode <laughs> after this one finished. Yeah. And I, I usually don't feel that way when I've watched a really good episode. Like this one, I'm like, okay, you're giving me a little taste. Now I want the rest. Well, I just, I know that this is leading into the final three episodes. And I'm like, I just want to get through. I just want to watch them all now. Like, this is it. <laughs> well, you can't, Kara. For two years, mm-hmm. you and I watch one episode a week. That's the deal. <laughs> Too bad. Well, we are recording two episodes next week on our accelerated schedule. <laughs> so I am going to get to watch uh, them pretty quickly in a row. Ooh, that's very true. I was just giving you some tough love there. I appreciate it. <laughs> this episode actually has some pretty funny scenes like i laughed out loud i think two or three times but like you said there are some other parts where i was just like what is this <laughs> um yeah let's get into it let's get into it so we start off at uc sunnydale buffy is telling her professor a uh, professor lillian his name is we don't know him we, we've never seen her interact with this guy before apparently she respects him he's the only nice white male professor at sunnydale <laughs> they have like i don't know buffy's in a weird state obviously in this scene but like she really respects him <laughs> that's why i was like but we've never met him before she doesn't suck the energy out of his classroom <laughs> well thank god thank god she's learned her lesson from the freshman so what what this, this professor is trying to get something that's jammed inside his projector like a slide and she offers to help him when she comes in, and then she tells him she's dropping her classes. Did they still use slide projectors when you were in university? I don't think so. I don't think I had <laughs> the kind of lecture that you need a slide projector anyway. <laughs> we had PowerPoint, so I guess not. The point is, Kara, she's not finishing this semester, all right? She has to take care of her sister. She can't be at school. The professor says, I'm sorry to hear about your loss. And I'm actually curious, like, he knows about buffy's mom passing away is that typical for a university professor to know no this guy's a poetry professor he's buying from joyce for sure (laughs) maybe this is brian the one that took joyce on a date brian lillian can you imagine (laughs) 
<laughs> wow. Moonlight's at a publishing company. We're really peeling back the layers of this of this season. So he's grieving all his own. Um, Buffy gives him forms to sign and he signs it. And you, you saw my quote here. Like you just said, he's not a terrible, mean professor. I put... He gives it back to her with no snark, like nothing mean to say to her, which is unheard of for the professors in the school. Buffy feels the need to tell him that she really enjoyed his class. Like she lingers, right? Because he's literally like anything else. <laughs> and she needs to stick around and say like, you know, she's she's learned a lot from him and she really likes poetry and she wishes that she had the time, but she just doesn't right now. And she manages to like get the projector slide out, but it like flies across the floor. And the professor's just like, well, maybe short poems, right? And she's like, yeah, like those Japanese ones that sound like a sneeze. And he's like a haiku. And Buffy says, hopefully I'll be back next semester when I'm more myself again. So what we're getting from the scene is that Buffy has chosen to step away from school to take care of her sister and get her shit together at home. Very brave choice, Buffy. But the way she's lingering with this professor, the way she's like trying to make a last minute connection with him, I, you can just tell that she's feeling insecure about this choice. I concur. <laughs> Someone else who is feeling insecure, even though he shouldn't because he's a sexy murdering intern, it's Ben. Ben's running into the hospital to talk to his superiors. Possibly one of them is his daddy. <laughs> and he says, I'm sorry I'm late. And the doctor says, you're not late. You can't be late to, to a job you don't have. <laughs> Interestingly enough, I've decided to give your job to someone who will actually do it. Honest to God, Ben, I, <laughs> I've been calling you for two weeks. Where the hell have you been? I'm sorry to fire you, but I need someone I can count on. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay, whoa, whoa, sorry. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Point of order. <laughs> whoa. This is not how you terminate somebody, right? <laughs> like, uh... <laughs> HR would be all over this other doctor being like, this is how we get sued for wrongful termination. <laughs> well, perhaps this doctor and that other professor from the freshman are brothers. <laughs> ben, you are <laughs> sucking energy from everyone in this hospital with your lateness. I mean, technically... Vori is doing the sucking. Yes. You're, right. You're not far <laughs> All off. All the suck jobs. <laughs> All the suck jobs on this show. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. HR would definitely need to be part of this conversation. It wouldn't be out in the hallway with him like showing up and then being like, oh, we fired you. <laughs> um, I do think that it's valid for them to fire Ben. Obviously, if you oh, took absolutely. a two-week vacation. I just, yeah. <laughs> I'm just questioning, did they actually follow the proper procedures that are going to cover their asses? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's clear that Ben didn't know he was gone for that long. So he says, like, I have an explanation, which I can't exactly give you. Can I just tell you it's not my fault? <laughs> the, doc the doctor says, you can tell me the dog ate your homework or maybe eating Twinkies made you do that. Or there's this wicked demonic creature in your body that takes control of your body and forces you to do its bidding. Take responsibility for your actions, Ben. And I was like, whoa, this doctor is very intuitive like what a guess but also more importantly he's wearing a terrible tie and shirt combo is what i wrote in my notes <laughs> well or alternative theory maybe this is actually more common than we have been led to believe maybe there's like other entities out there like ben and glory and we just don't see them a lot maybe they just aren't as threatening as glory like maybe <laughs> there's somebody who's like gets taken over by somebody who just goes around and like I don't know, Ooh. insults people's fashion a lot. I don't know. So, like, maybe the doctor has seen a lot of cases like Ben and Glory. Here's what I think. Here's what I think. I think this doctor is a specialist in body control in Sunnydale because he'd have to treat the hyena students. 
Right. <laughs> right? He have to treat anybody who's been taken over by somebody else. So he knows. He recognizes so, so the symptoms. So are we calling this guy the intuitive doctor? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> or like, we, no, we should call him the um, fuck HR doctor. <laughs> I'm going to handle this myself in the hallway. <laughs> Liability doctor. <laughs> he would have uh, loved to have treated Faith and Buffy when um, Faith was inside Buffy's body. So that's a specialty. That's why he's in Sunnydale. Ben is upset he says forget it and he runs to the dreaded locker room where he's emptying his locker and he's ranting he's saying you've taken everything away from me everything i worked for i earn i care about these are my choices this is my life and you're ruining it then he's like oh no no not here no i'm ben i'm ben i'm ben and then ben morphs into glory and glory says i'm hungry this after credit after credit scene is like my favorite in the episode <laughs> i lolled and that's because glory's taking a bubble bath and three minions are surrounding her and they're all blindfolded <laughs> hey they can't peek at her godly it's so, bits it's so funny and she's saying they got this part right that's for sure a lot of sucky things in this dimension bubble baths not one of them you know what i mean and jinx is like I am in thunderous agreement, oh glittering, glistening, glorificus. And she says, I wasn't talking to you. And the other minion says, begging your pardon and begging in general. But were you talking to me? <laughs> I love the minions. And she says, ew, yeah, right. <laughs> like you, any of you ever ba- bathe anyway. And the minion's like, oh, but we do your scrumptiousness. We bathe in your splendiferous radiance. <laughs> And Gloria says, how about you shut up and listen to me, you disgusting little fools? Can, can we talk for a moment about why Gloria surrounds herself with minions who are so conventionally unattractive versus her? Yeah, I don't know. Is it her choice? You know what I mean? Like, did she get to choose right. her minions or are like, these like, just the ones? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Is this a sign that she's so insecure about her appearance that she needs? I, I'm, I'm putting quotes around ugly, right? Because like. Um, beauty is in the eye of the beholder but does she need these minions to look the way they do for her insecurity or is is are these just the only creatures in this dimension who worship her <laughs> i think it's more the latter like i don't think she's insecure at all i do think though she would be annoyed if her followers and her minions happened to be as good looking as her i think that would annoy her more than it would make her feel insecure she'd just be like I, I just like to be the only focus in the room. Fair. But I also honestly feel like in this dimension, these are the only minions <laughs> that would do this for her. So she says, I asked for the key and you brought me a vampire, a pulseless, impure, follicle fried vampire. Lufa! And the minion lands it to her. And she says, what I think you have here is, is a failure to do your freaking jobs. Pardon my French. Then she's like, mimosa. And another one hands her one. And she's like, mm, vitamins. So. I think you better rack your little minion brains. Tell me everything you you saw when you were spying on Buffy and her wacky pals. Everything. Then I'll figure out who the key is. That's going to work great. We cut to, uh-oh, the principal's office. Buffy is saying, you lied to me? And Don says, I didn't lie Lies. exactly. Lies! She did lie. Buffy says, really? What about all the times I asked you how school was and you said, fine. And Don said it was. You didn't ask if it was in it, if I was in it when it was fine. Don, that is a weak ass excuse. Buffy and Don are in the principal's office, like I said. Um, clearly, Don has been skipping school. Now, now, Kara, the last time we saw a scene like this 
was Joyce and Buffy. And that gave a little pang in my heart because I was like, that was not long ago, right? In season three, Joyce was face-offing mm-hmm. with Snyder to keep Buffy in school. And here's Buffy doing it with Dawn. And it's sad. And it's it's probably a throwback for Buffy as well, you know? And it's just hard. It's just hard for them. And I feel bad for Buffy in this situation. But I also want to point out how many weeks of school has Dawn already missed this semester? Because she was suspended in blood ties when she found out she was the key and then needed to um, yell at her teacher and she got suspended. And I don't know how long suspensions are for usually um, a week. I don't know. Then her mother passed away. That guarantees her at least two weeks off school. And now she's skipping school, right? So, like, she's in the verge of probably not graduating this year. Well, she's not a senior. She's not going to graduate regardless, right? No, she's in grade eight. That's graduation. She's in grade eight? She's 14, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I thought she was in high school. <laughs> did, did you? Like, I mean, uh, if they, I'm pretty sure they're in middle school. I think she's I think she's in eighth grade. Well, maybe she's in grade nine. No, I don't know. Now she does not look like an eighth grader. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know how she how old she is in real life. I just assume when... So for me, I just know when you're 14, you tend to be in grade eight. Uh, mind you, she could she could easily be in her freshman year. Either way, she's ex- she's failing out, Kara, <laughs> because she's missing classes. So Buffy says, I'm sure you're aware the past few months have been very hard for Dawn, and that's not my excuse. And the principal, who's Principal Stevens, she says, I understand. Your mother was a lovely woman and we'll all miss her very much. And I know how difficult this must be. She also bought for Joyce. (laughs) Joyce had her fingers in every area of this town. Buffy says, Dawn's just a kid, right? And Principal Stevens says, I think we both know that Dawn is a lot more than just a kid. And Buffy and Dawn are like, she knows I'm the key. Except obviously she doesn't. Uh, Principal Stevens says, she's a talented young girl with a sharp mind when she puts an effort in. And Buffy starts to make excuses again. So the principal asks for Dawn to wait outside so she can talk to Buffy alone. And she goes. And we don't hear the conversation, but we see the fallout of it, of it, obviously. Now we are in the magic shop. Anya is watching. She's kind of like uh, surveilling an old couple uh, as they shop, but not buying anything. Uh, and Xander and Willow are hanging out at the big round table. And Xander calls out to Anya. He's like, honey, there's an old saying, a watched customer never buys, which I've never heard of that saying. Have you used it? Did make that up? I think he made it up. So Anya says, well, they would if they were patriotic. <laughs> and Xander yeah. and Willow are like, what? Like Xander's like, patriotic? And Anya says, yes, I've recently come to realize that there's more to me than just being human. I'm also an American. <laughs> I guess this is from Checkpoint where she was having to pretend that she was born on the 4th of July. Yeah, yeah, I saw that connection too. I was like, she's just sticking with that. She's sticking with it. She's really embracing her na- her uh, national identity that she's claimed. So Giles decides he's going to get involved, which I'm not sure this is the right call, Giles, but you do you. He chimes in and he says, yes, I suppose you are. You were born here, your mortal self. Um, and Anya says, well, that's right, foreigner. <laughs> okay. I laughed out loud at that. That was such a good delivery. <laughs> uh, she says that she's been reading up on the good old U.S. of A, uh, embracing the extraordinary precious ideology that helps to shape and define it. You know, says somebody who's walking around light-skinned in the States. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Willow asks if what Anya's referring to is, of course, democracy. <laughs> Willow, 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 Willow. Of course not. Uh, Anya says, 
capitalism <laughs> a free market dependent on the profitable exchange of goods for currency a system of symbiotic beauty apparently lost on these old people look at them perusing the shelves undressing the merchandise with their eyeballs all ogle no cash it's not only annoying it's un-american and giles in mockery says appalling almost as if they no longer think money can buy happiness and anya takes that at face value agrees with him saying totally un-american you know what else is un-american french people from what i hear they don't tip french old people that's really the bottom of the barrel you know so anya is just leading full tilt into <laughs> the xenophobic stereotypes um and xander's like you know he's going full judgment mode he's like hey anya Maybe try being a little bit less prejudiced, a little bit more inclusive. Not us, just you. Come on, Xander. Like I just find it interesting that he's like correcting her here because well, it, it, it just goes back to this whole thing that we've talked about, where it's like Xander tends to belittle Anya, and he he seems to think of himself as her educator in this world, right? And that's not that's not a very comfy dynamic to me for people who are in a romantic relationship. Yeah. And what I want to do is I want to marvel at Anya's development this season, right? I mean, they're they're not going to give it to Willow, that's for sure. But Anya has come a long way, right? She has found her place in the world. She's got a job. She's helping to run a store. She found a love for money and she loves earning money. She's finding new ways to earn money, such as online stock trading. She may be the wealthiest of the Scoobies at this point. We don't know. We're not sure, but I'm actually starting to think that. And like you just pointed out in Checkpoint, there was that parallel between her and immigrants in America who are like, oh, I'm the mo- I'm as American as American pie. You know what I mean? Um, but it seems like she's kind of continued on with that kind of thinking. This is something that I think happens when immigrants come to North America. Um, it's something that I've seen for sure, where they really do embrace the type of living that you would get in this area of the world versus where they come from, just in my experience. They drink the Kool-Aid. They drink the Kool-Aid. I get why they do that, right? Because they've come for a better life and they want to fit in and that's kind of what yeah, they do. Yeah, there, there's a certain segment of immigrants who once they're settled, right, they then turn around and pull up the ladder and say, oh, those immigrants are coming and they're the ones that are wrong. <laughs> they're all that's wrong with the country, right? It's like, yeah, what? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's hey, it's not like the greatest thing, but I get why it happens and I've seen it. I've seen it in, you know, People I know, family members I have. It's a real thing. So that's why this whole thing with Anya and that parallel is very interesting mm-hmm. to me. I get it. Yeah. I get why she's leaning in. I understand. So that's when Buffy and Don enter. Uh, Anya has gone off to force the old people to buy things. Good luck, Anya. Um, we never follow up with that plot line. I feel like <laughs> somebody sent me the fanfic. Let me know what happened there. Um, Buffy and Don enter the magic shop. Uh, Giles is like, oh, did everything go well at university? And Buffy says, yep. I'm all dropped out. Um, And Xander, I think he's trying to be comforting. He says, welcome to the real world. There's lots of fun to be had on the outside. You'll see. Um, And Buffy says, "Uh, just for now, I think I'll go back next semester. And Xander says, whatever you choose, you've got my support. Think of me as your... And then he says, I'm searching for supportive things and I'm coming up all bras. So something Mm. slightly more manly. Think of me as that. Seriously, whatever you need. 
So this is a classic Xander line in that it's supposed to be sweet and supportive. It's supposed to be him being like, I got your back, Buffy, no matter what. But it's also sleazy AF. Mm-hmm. and is annoying <laughs> like couldn't go for suspenders xander right you're in construction you couldn't think of one thing that could be like a supportive structure other than scaffolding bras. shelves oh okay uh, anyway we're not surprised we're not we're not surprised <laughs> uh so buffy decides she's gonna get out of this conversation by saying i want to talk to giles alone she instructs don to get involved with her homework willow's gonna help Giles and Buffy retire to the training room to have a very serious conversation. Buffy says that she is messing up. I am messing up. It is a mess. And Giles says, Buffy, you're going to have to put your foot down with her. So they're clearly talking about the whole Dawn situation. And Buffy says, I try. It's just my foot's not used to being put down. And then she looks up at him. and She says, I want you to do it. (laughs) You can be the foot putting downer. And Giles puts his foot down and says, I don't think I can. She says, pretty please, your foot is way bigger than mine and you're so much more of a grown-up than me. Dawn needs an authority figure, a strong guiding hand. She'll listen to you. And Giles scoffs at this. He says, like you always had. And I I don't know about you, Steph, but I had like infinity flashbacks to like season one and season (laughs) two. To Shay, right? He's like, okay, <laughs> like what world did you grow up in? And Buffy says, <laughs> I listen, I do. And Giles says, well, first he takes off his glasses, which as we know from Crush, that's when she gets real. <laughs> and Giles says, then perk up your ears. I may be a grown up, but you're her family. Her only real family now. She needs you to do this. And Buffy says, right, she needs me. Me the grown up, the authority figure. The strong guiding hand and stompy foot. That's that's me. <laughs> okay, I can do this. And Giles says, I know you can. But then as they go to leave the room, Buffy turns on him and says, please. <laughs> you know, she's giving him the puppy dog eyes. And like, it's, yeah. it's it, oh, she's really good at that. Yeah. But Giles, once again, Giles is good at putting his foot down because he's doing it with Buffy right now. He says, no. But he's so nice about it. He's like, no. Yes. Yeah. And he turn, he physically turns her around. And she says, okay, here we go. Early to bed, early to rise, balanced meals, hospital corners. It's a new beginning. Discipline, authority, order. So I I think that people might be like, come on, Giles, help her out. She's only 20. Like she's doing like her mom just passed away. She needs more support from you. I honestly really love that he doesn't claim the authority of her household. I like that he's giving her the agency to control her sister or to parent her sister. Him stepping in, I don't think is the appropriate thing. I think he's there for advice and he's there to help and make them dinner and help them clean up and get Dawn to school. But him stepping in as an authority figure is an overstep. And I'm glad that he put his foot down. Absolutely. So they come out from the back room and they come into the middle of something. Don is standing in the middle of the magic shop floor, you know. Uh, Anya, Xander, and Willow are lying on the floor around her, forming a human triangle. And they're all laughing. And of course, Buffy is all serious Buffy right now, so she can't stand this. So she says, what is this? I thought I told you to do your homework. And Don protests, I was. And Buffy says, please don't lie to me, in her mom voice. 
And Don says, I'm not. Willow tries to defend Don and says, well, you know, we really are doing the homework. Like, this is all based on an article that Willow read. Yeah, you got to stimulate visual learning patterns. Use the right side of your brain instead of the left. So they made a triangle with their bodies. But then Willow called Xander obtuse. So he got grumpy. And then Don correctly said that they were an acute triangle. (laughs) And Willow says hilarity ensued. But Buffy is having none of it. She says, I think Don should do her homework at home. Uh, Don once again protests that she was really learning from this. But Buffy says, please get your stuff. And Don flounces off saying, fine, don't listen to me. (laughs) The attitude. What did you think of Don's attitude in this episode? We've loved her attitude in the past, as in like, we get it. Oh, it's it's fully understandable here. It's, It's interesting for me. It's like a journey for me where like on one hand, I'm like, that's annoying because Don, you did wrong. You skipped school. Buffy hasn't really yelled at you or gotten mad at you yet. But now her agitation's coming out and then you're giving it back to her. But then again, I'm also like, hey, but she's 14. And of course, of course, she's going to do this. She's like, screw you. I was actually having fun and learning. And you're and you're coming down on me for no reason. Right. Yeah. Uh, Willow once again tries to intercede on Don's behalf. And Buffy is having none of it. She's saying, you know, it's just really important that Dawn finishes her schoolwork right now. And Willow pushes back on this. She's like, Buffy, you know, you're being all intense. But Buffy stands firm. And Willow's like, hey, I know it's important. I'm also a big fan of school. Uh, And Buffy says, I know you mean well, but you don't understand. And there's no way that you could. And Willow is starting to get a little bit upset. She's saying, I do understand. And you're stressed out. Buffy says, I'm more than stressed out. I'm freaked out. So Willow says, take a break and de-freak. Come to the World Culture Fair with me and Tara. Buffy declines. Willow says, come on, bring Dawn. It'll be fun. Like, lots of pushing. And Buffy's pushing back and saying, I can't do it. It's not like I have a life. I do. I have Dawn's life. Uh, And then she retrieves Dawn, who reluctantly follows Buffy out of the magic shop. What do you think of this little bit of a confrontation, a little friction between best friends? You know what? (laughs) Willow has been on my nerves this season. She just has. And I think here she's being pushy. And I do think she's coming from the right place, but she's thinking about Dawn and not Buffy. And she's lecturing her best friend, Buffy, who's 20 years old and just lost her mother. And she's telling her how to parent her sister. And Buffy says, like, you don't understand. And Willow says, I do understand. And Willow gets really annoyed by Buffy saying that she doesn't get it. But Willow, you don't get it. You you can observe and you can sympathize and empathize. But at the end of the day, you're not going through what Buffy's going through. So pushing Buffy to do things that you think are for the best is not the way to go about this. And that's why she kind of annoyed me in the scene. Yeah, I think I, I agree with your reading here. It's understandable. I, I think Willow is doing what she thinks is right. Um, it'll be interesting to see what we have to say in another scene from now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I just wanted to point out that I think Willow has Dawn's back here, but not Buffy's. And that's mm-hmm. unusual for the best friend to do, right? Glory um, is with her minions and she's saying, it's her under our noses this whole time. I like the detail work these monks did. <laughs> I like that Glory's like ad- admiring <laughs> the magic that the monks put into this. She's like quirks, foibles, passions. 
It's also cute, so human, pretty convincing, but not convincing enough. She stands up and she says, you all know your assignments. I think it's time to collect the key. She leaves with her minions in tow. So this is the next, ooh, interesting, interesting scene. At Willow's dorm, she's telling Tara about what happened between Buffy and Dawn. And Tara is once again being so understanding of Buffy, right? She says, I get Buffy's crabbiness. She has to look after Dawn now. She totally gets it. And Willow says, yeah, but like not in a Miss Minchin's select seminary for girls way. She's just going to make Donnie more rebellious. And again, I was like, okay, Willow. You're not in Buffy's corner here. Mm -hmm. It's not easy what Buffy's going through. And we all understand what Dawn's going through because we've all been there. But Buffy's facing something completely different here. And it seems like Willow's mom shaming her, (laughs) you know? Yeah, or at least not being sensitive to how intense the situation is, you know? And I think about this a lot as as a child-free adult with a lot of friends who are parents or becoming parents where Mm. it's like, it's really none of my business how you choose to parent, you know? Even if I maybe disagree i'm not gonna tell you how to do your job because i don't have a kid i don't know how stressful it is right like mm-hmm. you know if anybody asked me for my opinion or my advice i might think about giving it i probably still wouldn't but at the same <laughs> time it's like you know willow's heart is in the right place but I, th- I think this is just a character trait of willow and maybe it's a toxic trait willow always thinks that she has to say everything that she's believing or, or thinking not in like the Cordelia no tact kind of way but Willow is so confident in her intelligence that she thinks that if she can just talk enough to somebody she'll convince them that she's right and I say that because I kind of recognize that in myself at least when I was younger mm-hmm. um, and it's something I've really worked on as a person yeah and, and I think that makes sense and I think what you're, you're what you say is true her heart is in the right place but her viewpoint on everything is always, it's just a little off for me. My issue with her in this scene particularly, but in the way she's treating Buffy, is that she gets annoyed that she's not taken seriously. That her perspective on Dawn, on parenting Dawn, and then later on her perspective on the fact that she hasn't lost her own mother and Tara and Buffy have. Like, it's it's almost this feeling of being like left behind. And she showed a little bit of this when um, Buffy was hanging out with Faith. Right? Like, oh, I'm not good enough to hang out with you in faith. I'm not like a slayer. I don't understand. And I think she has that same quality carrying out in her now as well. Where like being left out or out of the loop really bothers her a lot. Mm-hmm. Only child. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, it's not, like I said, it, it annoys me. So like Willow annoys me more in this season than she ever has before, including the cheating scandal of season three. <laughs> just because it's, just, it's so, well, it's just so subtle. And it's there. It's just like part of her now, you know? So Tara tells her that she had to deal with her brother's problems too after her mother died. So she does, she says, Willow, like you can't really know what it's like. And again, like that's, that's the crux. And Willow gets annoyed by that. She says, I know that. And she's like annoyed, but, but it's like, Willow, you, your mother didn't die. <laughs> and you you don't know what Tara and Buffy are going through. And I said this before in a previous episode. I think Tara is a much better friend for Buffy these days than Willow is. And this is an example of that. Because Tara has Buffy's understanding and back. And she knows where she's coming from. And she empathizes a lot more than Willow is. Tara sits next to Willow on the bed and she says, she notices that Willow's annoyed now. And Willow says, I know I can't know what you went through. It's just, it's no, it's no big deal. She wants to avoid. 
Tara says, I made you mad. Willow says, no, it's okay. The whole Buffy thing, let's just forget it. And Tara's like, no, no, tell me if I said something wrong. Otherwise, I'll know. I'll just say it again, probably more often and in public. Tara, yes. Like, you're so mature. Um, We've said it before. Willow also likes to avoid her problems, right? She likes Mm -hmm. to lean into magic rather than actually confront the issues that she's feeling in her relationships. And um, Tara's saying, no. Like, if, if you want me to be held accountable to something, then do it. And I'll listen and I'll learn from it. And that is something that is um, so hard to learn in a relationship when you're in a serious one is allowing the space for your partner to air their grievances with you or tell you when you're annoying or tell you when you did something that upsets them. That's a maturity that Tara has here that Willow doesn't. Willow um, says... She does admit she's like, I was a snippy gal. It's it's just like my opinion isn't worth anything because I haven't I didn't lose my mom. So I don't know. And I'm kind of like, yeah, that's kind of it, Willow. <laughs> so that's kind of what we're saying is, is the situation. It it sucks that you feel like your opinion's not being heard, but your opinions are not helping the situation anyway, because you don't know. Well, and Tara also seems to be taking Buffy's side over her <laughs> girlfriend's side, right? And yeah. That probably is hurting Willow's feelings as well. Yeah. So again, it's all about Willow, isn't it? So Tara says, I'm not an expert. Like, I've only lost the one. And then she says, do I act like I'm a big knowledge woman? Like, now now she feels like Willow's saying that Tara's being self-righteous or Tara is um, acting like she's she knows more than Willow, right? And it's like, oh, no, this is spiraling, Kara. Willow says, sort of. <laughs> she says, it feels like I'm the junior partner. You've been doing everything longer than me. You've been out longer than me. You've been practicing witchcraft way longer. So now this is turning into something completely different. Tara says, no, you're way beyond me with witchcraft. It frightens me how powerful you're getting. And then Willow says, that's a weird word. Like, it frightens you? I frighten you? And Tara's like, that's so not what I meant. I meant impresses. You get impressive. <laughs> and Willow says... I took Psych 101 from an evil government scientist who was skewered by a Frankenstein-like creature before the final. But I know what a Freudian slip is. Don't you trust me? And just a little call out to Maggie Walsh. Okay, if you've ever studied psychology, don't bring that out as ammunition when you're in a fight with your loved one, okay? Don't be like, no, I have no psychology, so therefore I know you're lying to me or whatever. It's like, no, that's not going to make anybody feel better. It actually makes you look like a douche. So Tara says, I trust you with my life. And Willow's like, that's not what I mean. Tara says, can we just go to the fair? (laughs) And Willow's like, I don't feel like being multicultural right now. And I was like, whoa, 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 white girl. (laughs) You can't say that. (laughs) Willow says, what is it about me that you don't trust? Tara says, I worry sometimes. You're changing so much so fast. I don't know where you're heading. And I'm saying everything wrong. Willow says, you're being clear. This isn't about the witch thing. It's about the other changes in my life. Tara says, I don't know where I'm going to fit in your life when dot, dot, dot. And Willow says, when I change back? Yeah, this is just a college thing. A little experimentation before I get over the thrill and head back to Boys Town. You think that? And I was like, no, Joss Whedon thinks that. (laughs) Tara says, should I? Willow says, I'm really sorry I didn't establish my lesbo street cred before I got into this relationship, but you're the o- the only woman I've ever fallen in love with. How on earth could you ever take me seriously? Have fun at the fair. And she leaves. So on one hand, Kara, I think this fight is very interesting 
And I like that it's happening because Tara and Willow have been floating on clouds since they got together, um, with the exception of when Oz came back that one time. This is their first fight. And I think it gives that relationship some some meat, some texture, you might say. Some spice. Some little spice and everything nice. But I will say it came out of nowhere. They They decided to create problems for them this episode. And I didn't see too much foreshadowing of that in the previous episodes. So in that case, I'm a little bit like, whoa, where are all these problems coming from? You're not the only one who thinks that. Um, <laughs> we have a hot stake from Angela, who said pretty much what you just said. Uh, it always bothered me how it went from talking about Don to all of a sudden Willow not being gay enough. Willow saying Tara is being all-knowing with death, being gay and witchcraft. It just felt out of nowhere to me. Seems like Willow has been holding in a lot of issues with Tara, her own jealousy and them disagreeing was the catalyst to bring it all to the surface. Tara told her to tell her because how can they grow up as a couple if they don't learn from mistakes? Yeah, so I'm with you. I'm with Angela on this. Like, I think that there should be some rough patches in their relationship. Conflict is natural in a relationship, so we should see that with them. But I agree that the way that they shoehorn it into this episode just to make what happens later in the episode that much more poignant, uh, it just doesn't work for me. Too much. Too fast. If they had had like pieces of every one of these convos throughout the last couple episodes, this fight, when it came down to, I'm not gay enough for you, um, would make more sense to me. But they're, they're, they're jamming it all in here. And it's not a very long scene. So the conversation went from point A to point, you know, s or wherever we are very quickly and it doesn't flow for me and i also don't understand where will is coming from because in my opinion i don't think i've ever been indicated that it's ever been indicated that tara has more power in that relationship which is what willow was saying and then tara disagrees and says actually you're the one that's changing way quicker than i can keep up with so so i don't know it's it's a (laughs) miss but they're creating conflict on for a reason right the Minions, they are outside Buffy's home as she folds laundry at the, at the dining room table and Don does homework. And Buffy wants to make a chart for all things that Don is supposed to do and when she's supposed to do them. And when she's done, she has to put an X next to the chore to show that she did it. And Don just glares at her and Buffy's like, well, you want gold stars? Okay, you can have gold stars. <laughs> and I want to say... This is so realistic to uh, 19 and 20 year olds when they when if you go to residence in your first year and then you live with a bunch of your friends in second year or third year, often you make these charts just to try to keep a little (laughs) organization, right? Like a like a chore chart. And and you got to like, like you try it out. It lasts for maybe a week and then (laughs) chaos ensues. But it makes sense that a Buffy at her age would, would think a chart would work for this. Dawn says, I don't want gold stars. I don't want any of this. Don is pissed. Buffy says, I'm trying to give you a normal life. Don says, good luck. <laughs> Buffy says, this is for real, Don. Like, take me fucking seriously. And Don says, I'm not real. So why would my exciting graph of chores be real? Who cares if the key gets an education anyway? And I was like, ooh, you know what, Kara? No other teenager in the world except for Don can really use that excuse. And I think it's a good one to use. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's a 10 out of 10 comeback, in my opinion, because who else can say that? <laughs> so Buffy says, it's a chart, not a graph. 
<laughs> and then she says, and you are real. And Don says, yeah, those monks put grades K through eight in my head. Can't we just wait and see if they drop nine in there too? So so maybe she is in grade nine. There you go. Vindication. <laughs> I don't, I don't, but, but is grade nine high school in all, all situations? It just Damn feels it. like she's in middle school to me. We don't know. We don't no, know. Yeah, you're right. Americans have a messed up way of talking about middle <laughs> school versus high school. I'm confused. Why are you so messed up, America? Seriously. Um, Buffy smacks the table. She's had enough of Don's sass. <laughs> Even though it's on point today. She says, damn it, Don. This is serious. And Don says, why should I care about any of this? Oh, <laughs> chef's kiss. That's a good one. Buffy says, because they'll take you away. <gasps> Gasp. They just stare at each other at that. And I'm like, shit, that's a mic drop right there. Buffy's won. Buffy wins. <laughs> Don says, take me away? What do you mean? And Buffy says, they'll take you away from me. That's what your principal told you told me when you weren't in the room. If I can't make you go to school, then I won't be found fit to be your legal guardian. And then she goes back to folding. And Don says, well, where would I go? And Buffy says, I don't know. Dad? <gasps> imagine um she says dad maybe or foster care i don't i didn't want to ask and don says you could have told me that and buffy says i just did okay <clears throat> first off uh, i love how the show has basically decided at this point that hank is a deadbeat dad <laughs> yeah. and i guess we're never gonna see him again <laughs> yeah <laughs> um secondly real talk for a moment this is such a white people thing like <laughs> In terms of this whole like child services, how do I? And I, I recognize I'm saying this as a white person. I'm trying to be self-critical here um, of my people. So racialized families have to be so much more aware of these issues because in you know American and Canadian society, uh, child protective services criminalize families of color. Right? Like here in Canada, I know. You know, there's an overrepresentation of indigenous children being put into care, for example. So the way that the show is using this threat of Buffy being found unfit as a guardian and, and taking Don away, like I'm, not, I'm saying, like it makes total sense. But I think that it also says something interesting about, and I mean, maybe this is part of the theme of this episode because it goes back to capitalism. It says something interesting about how this whole concept of like a, uh, you know, a white nuclear family where you have like the parents and the kids in their nice little house. Um, and if you're not conforming to that, then we're going to take, take your kids away, you know, versus how in a lot of non-white families, for various reasons, you have kind of more like multi-generational household situations and you have closer knit ties to your neighbors in your community. And and so something I was thinking about as I watched the scene, right, where it's like, well, where are all of Joyce's friends, Buffy's other family? Where's that aunt in Iowa or wherever she is, right? Mm -hmm. Like nobody seems to be checking in on Buffy. And I just, I was watching them just like, this is just such a, a white people capitalist society kind of situation where it's like, okay, your parent dies. So you have to take care of your kid sister. Uh, and in like the one month or so that this has gone by, you know, we're going to tell you that we're going to mm -hmm. take her away from you 
be, because it is all about like the criminalization of family, right? And that's something that racialized families have to struggle with on a daily basis. But at the same time, you know, a lot of racialized families for many reasons end up with these multifaceted structures around them that white families often tend to lack. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you spoke about that. I didn't have any notes about um, that particular aspect of this scene and this situation. I was focused more on Buffy and Dawn as sisters and the whole situation. Buffy telling Dawn straight up, I think Buffy was going to keep it from her, right? I think oh, she yeah, was going to keep the, the that information. But Dawn was being such a sass pot that she was like, you know what? If you don't smarten up, this is this is serious. Like what could happen to us? I got to be honest, though. I, I think that that was a good call because yeah. I think that Buffy... Buffy needs to recognize that she can't be Dawn's mother, right? Like, she has to win Dawn over. This has to be uh, an allegiance. Like, a partnership. They have to ally. Yeah, a partnership. Where, yeah, Buffy has more power, ultimately. But, like, Dawn needs to buy into it, right? And I, I think Buffy making the stakes clear for Dawn was very important. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think you're right. Originally, she was like, I got to mother her. That means keeping her from the hard stuff. But in the end, it's not going to work if Dawn doesn't really truly understand why it's important for her to go to school and at least keep that going. There are dire consequences to that. And Dawn's old enough to understand. And mm. if she's old enough to skip school, she's old enough to understand. You know? and, and again, I think kind of what I, the point I was trying to make here right, was like, if they weren't white, uh, Dawn would already be aware of the stakes, right? Because this conversation yeah. would have happened a long time ago, probably. The privilege of being kept from that part of life. Yeah. yeah. And, and they probably would have taken Dawn away from Buffy already by this point, <laughs> right? So. Yeah, it's so true. Um, uh. I, I also want to take a second and marvel at all the tough love we've been seeing so far in this episode, right? Dawn is doing a good job of giving tough love to Buffy. You're absolutely right. <laughs> if tough love could be awesome comebacks and attitude <laughs> yes uh but look at like giles gave buffy some tough love for some reason xander thought Aunt anya needed some tough love when it came to being prejudiced <laughs> here's buffy giving dawn tough love right like if you don't do this if we don't work together you're gone and then even the tough love coming from willow and tara here but it's not quite the tough love in the metaphor that we're using or in the in the way that we're using it it's more like love is tough and you have to talk it out and you got to have fights sometimes and they're not always going to go your way and you have to air out your your conflict, right? So just a very interesting theme going on here in this episode. But Kara, nothing in this episode brought me more joy, even the minions, than the multicultural fair. <laughs> I, wa I was so waiting for your take on this, please, please. <laughs> Which appears to be a Chinese cultural fair because <laughs> I saw Buddha and then I also see this dragon dance happening with <laughs> okay and i won't lie i was watching this with uh, my husband who's chinese and we <laughs> laughed because the dragon dance is like where you see the the dragon um you see the dragon costume and it's supported by usually about like nine people and they do a little intricate dance and it's all about um good fortune for the year good tidings like it, that's what why we do it um uh, but it's <laughs> it looks like there is like some sort of asian at the front of the dragon but everyone else is not shown and <laughs> the token we, asian <laughs> yeah, who will surely become a vampire soon i said <laughs> like it, is this multicultural fair just like the white residents <laughs> of sunnydale coming together and celebrating cultures <laughs> 
<laughs> it's just a weird this is a weird festival but yeah that is a dragon dance uh dragon and um that's the only culture i saw there <laughs> like i saw like there's like you know cotton candy it's like a fair obviously but did you see their cheerleaders did you see anybody else any other things in the background it's the one day of the year it's like halloween but you know if you're not a white person you could be yourself <laughs> anya must hate it yeah, Anya's like, ugh, foreigners. Um, Tara is sitting by herself on a bench. She's clearly waiting to see if Willow will show up, right? Um, at the magic shop, Willow is sulking by herself in the corner. Then someone grabs Tara's hand, right? And she turns around hopeful, but it's not Willow. It's Glory! And Glory says, is this seat taken? Whoa, jump scare. So at the shop... Giles is opening up some boxes and Willow is pouting and he's like, are you all right? Because, you know, your good mood is both obvious and contagious. And Willow says, I had a fight with Tara. It was awful. Giles is like, oh, you two don't quarrel much, do you? And Willow's like, not until today. And Giles is like, well, it's over. And Willow's like, over? How could it be over? I just found her. <laughs> and Giles is like, no, the quarreling is over. Giles is like, I'm so fucking sick of these 20-year-olds. He's like, you'll feel better. <laughs> After you've made your apologies and you'll know that you fight without the you can fight without the world ending. It all feels bleak now, but as they say, this too shall pass. And before we get to this awesome part of the scene, you're right on, Giles. See, this is what Giles is saying. He's like, okay, so you have to learn how to fight. And this is something that I've learned that everybody has to learn when you're in a long-term relationship. You have to learn how to fight and how to fight well, right? How to fight to get to the best conclusion possible for everybody. Uh, back in the day, I used to fight so that I could win. <laughs> and now I fight for peace. And then you lost. <laughs> yeah, and then I would always <laughs> lose. Um, <laughs> so now we fight for peace, right? Okay, this is sick because Giles <sighs> opens the back door, right? While he's saying that. This is my favorite part of the episode. <laughs> it's so badass. And there's a minion... <laughs> leaning up against the door and giles for somehow somehow giles knew that the minion was there so he opens the door and smashes it on the minion <laughs> oh he i don't think he knew i think he just reacted very quickly oh i thought he just knew because it was so smooth it was so slick so he drags the minion into this into a chair and he's like what do we have here and anya's like he's one of those things that works for glory and jazz is like yes how hopeful and he's so sexy and nonchalant Giles is getting dangerous this is what i said and i was made to love you right where it's like he takes off his glasses and suddenly it's like oh okay bad giles has come to play we're getting a little bit of the ripper right yeah and he's so like like it's almost like he planned this in his day like now i'm gonna go and torture this minion <laughs> the Anything to get Willow to shut up about her relationship trauma. <laughs> he's, he's like, thank God this minion is here. Um, the minion says, I do indeed work for the God. <laughs> Let me go if you do not want to incur her anger. And Jazz's like, well, she's not here. So what a marvelous opportunity for you to talk to me. And the minion says, I will not betray Glorificus. I will never talk, no matter what heinous torture. And Jazz is like, actually, you're talking quite a bit, uh, just not about the right things. Tell us why you're here. And the minion's like, no words shall pass my lips that will bring peril to Glorificus. And Giles is like, girls, go get the twine from the counter. We'll tie him up. And he immediately is like, no, don't. <laughs> the minion's like, I'll, t I'll tell you anything. Please, whatever, whatever you want, anything. And Anya's like, well, what happened? And Giles is like, hey, I don't know. He changed his mind. So do we think Giles did something while the camera's back was turned? 
Oh, interesting. You're so dark today. Um, <laughs> no, I don't think so. I honestly think the minion is just that hilarious. Like he's like, don't hurt me. <laughs> that's fair. I think you could read it either way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting though. The minion uh, unravels like a cheap suit. He says, "I'm supposed to watch. We're watching the Slayer's people while Glory fetches the key." And Willow's like, "Glory knows who the key is." And Anya says, "We have to call Buffy." And the minion's like, "Too late. Glorificus will find the witch, and there's nothing you can do to stop her." And Anya's like, the witch? What do you mean? And Willow's like, Tara. And she starts to run out of the store. The minion says, she's the new one among you. It wasn't hard to figure out. The glorious one will have found her by now. And Willow says, call Buffy and go look for Tara in her room. I'm going to check the fair. Things are escalating. Glory is holding Tara's hand still and says, this is nice. Just hanging out. Just us girls. You like this sort of thing, don't you? And she squeezes Tara's hand. You hear like snapping and Tara whimpers. Tara is looking around for help and Glory warns her like anyone you, if you call for help, I'll kill everybody here. And she squeezes Tara's hand so hard that blood pours out. And I was like, oh, that, ooh, that's painful. And Glory says all these people here and no one can do anything. Not a person that can help you. That's people for you. They're pretty worthless. Keys, on the other hand, keys are worth a lot. And she licks the blood off Tara's hand and then she spits it out because it's obviously not what she's expecting to taste. She says, you lying little tramp. You're not the key. You're nothing. Just a worthless human being. I hate being lied to. It makes me feel so betrayed. And then she's like, hey, you want to make it all better? Tell me who the key really is and I'll let you go. And then we hear bones cracking as she continues to... I know, I know. And and Tara whimpers, but Tara has not screamed. Tara has not shouted out. She's not been like, it's Dawn! (laughs) She's just quiet and whimpering. And Glory says, you think your hand hurts? Imagine what you'd feel like with my fingers wriggling in your brain. It doesn't kill you. What it does is make you feel like you're in a noisy little dark room, naked and ashamed. Things in the dark that need to hurt you because you're bad. Little pinching things that go in your ears and crawl on the inside of your skull. And you know if the noise and the crawling don't stop that you could remember how to get out. And Glory kind of like goes into like a little like tunnel vision when she's saying this. And then she Mm -hmm. snaps out of it and she says... But you never, ever will. And I wonder, like, is this how Glory starts to feel before she does her suck jobs? You know what I mean? Like, when she starts losing it? This is us supposed to be feeling a little bit of sympathy for Glory as a character right now, right? Like, her life is hard. Think about it. She was the god or one of the gods of her hell dimension. She was having a great time. And then for some reason, she ended up here on Earth, stranded, anchored into the body of a nepotism baby. Like... (laughs) You know, the correction, a sexy nepotism baby. Sorry, a sexy nepotism baby. (laughs) But like by her standards and her morals, right? She's not doing anything wrong. Mm -hmm. She doesn't see humans. She just said we're worthless, right? She doesn't she she thinks of us like we think of like insects, right? Like, of course, she'll crush us to get home. So so this is just the show kind of showing us this perspective of like from her point of view, Glory is the one who has been wronged in this situation, and she is the one who is suffering. Tara's also suffering. Tara's whimpering. And Glory says, who is the key? Tara says, nothing. Glory says, fine, let's get crazy. So this is what I meant last week when we were talking about Spike and how everybody thinks Spike is a big hero for withstanding Glory's torture. And it's like, Spike's not a hero. Any of the Scoobies would safeguard Dawn's secret. Like, come on, people. Yeah, it's like, is it really that impressive? (laughs) Like, she's torturing Tara right now, and Tara does not have any sort of supernatural strength. 
just strength of mind and will and a good heart. And she's not expecting Buffy to sleep with her afterwards <laughs> as a reward, as far as, right? As far as we know, she didn't build a Willow bot. Although Willow's been acting <laughs> so strange this season, perhaps it is a Willow bot. <laughs> So Willow is running through the fair calling for Tara and she's trying to do a spell, but then she sees Glory and Tara on the bench and Glory's fingers are about to go into Tara's head and then they do and Willow shouts, no! And as Glory is doing her suck job on Tara, the... <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, this made me laugh. I know it's a really intense part, but Willow's trying to get to her and what blocks her path is the Chinese dragon dance. <laughs> And it's not like, um, Carl, like, it's not like a train passes and you can't possibly cross the tracks. You'll die. <laughs> it's, it's nine people in a costume, a long costume. I'll give them that. You could go around just, them. Just push them aside. Dive through their legs. Like, but all, yeah, like, it's so weird. <laughs> this is the world's most crowded culture fair. So there's like so many people between Willow and the bench where Glory and Tara are. Yeah, like nobody who's just next to the bench is noticing this woman crushing somebody else's hand and then putting her fingers in her head. Like they're all completely, <laughs> what are they distracted by the wonderful dragon moves? Like, <laughs> yes, obviously. I understand some, there is, you know, the an anonymity of the crowd, but it really challenges my suspension of disbelief that nobody is noticing what's going on on this bench. Maybe they think it's a culture thing. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah, culture. tech jobs. Totally, totally a part of my people. <laughs> also, like, why why did it have to be a multicultural fair? Why couldn't it have just been the fair? <laughs> they just needed something to get in Willow's way as she ran. They're like, I know, the dragon costume. <laughs> Completely believable. Anyway, no, Willow does not get to Tara in time, unfortunately. Glory disappears, and Willow comes to Tara's side, and Tara is insane, just like all the other patients we've seen. Willow starts to cry as Tara like kind of rambles off about being dirty and dirty, dirty, bad, bad. Uh, Willow cries, and she says, I'm so sorry. So we go to the hospital. The Scoobies are with Tara. Her hand has been bandaged up, and the doctor who fired Ben earlier, he's having a really busy day he says um she has to stay overnight because it's a hospital policy tara's rambling and the doctor says is she your sister to willow because willow willow wants to take her home right willow wants to wants to take care of her at home and willow says she's my everything and the doctor says okay well she'll spend the night tonight for observations and then you can take her home in the morning and he leaves willow's crying and xander just says words cannot express how much i hate this place like the hospital Jal says it's dreadful, and Anya says it's like communism. <laughs> uh, so Buffy runs in. She gives Willow a hug, and Buffy gives Tara a hug too. And I'm like, ugh, Buffy's two best friends. And she says, I'm sorry it took me so long, but Dawn's safe with Spike, so I can stay as long as you need. And I was like, safe with Spike? Like, I know that's not the point of this right now, but what in the world? <laughs> And Willow says, I'm so scared. And then we cut to Dawn and Spike, who are walking through the caves. I guess that's where Spike's bringing Dawn to hide. And Spike says, there's nothing to be worried about, kid. Nothing going to hurt you. And she's like, oh, yeah? The same no one who did that to you? And that's because Spike is still very badly bruised from when Glory tortured him in the last episode. Spike says, chin up, platelet. And do you notice that, like... <laughs> Spike's like terms of endearment for Dawn always have to do with like little snacks. <laughs> mm -hmm. Niblet, yeah. platelet, 
little bits, like things like that. That's because he thinks of Buffy as the big snack. Buffy's the meal. Dawn is just a little snack before it. And Joyce was dessert. So, (laughs) so, um, Spike says, don't be scared. Maybe Glory won't kill you. (laughs) Maybe she doesn't want to kill you. And Dawn says, maybe it's something worse. And then they're quiet for a bit. And Spike, like, I guess he's developing sympathy for Dawn. And he, like, he reaches out to, like, touch her head. And I was like, oh, no, 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 don't touch her. Don't touch her. And Don says, you know what I'm scared of, Spike? And he, like, you know, jerks his hand away as if he wasn't going to, like, comfort her. Yeah, I don't. This is a very small part of the scene. I know. But, like, we saw him pat Buffy on the back when Buffy was upset in Fool for Love. And now Don's upset. So he was probably going to comfort her in a very similar way. I don't have a point for that. I think I was just like, don't, just don't, don't. <laughs> she's young. Don't touch her. That's, I think that's what I was thinking. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Don says, me, right now, Glory thinks Tara's the key, but I'm the key, Spike. I am. Anything that happens to Tara is because of me. Your bruises, your limp, that's all me too. And I'm going to stop you right there, Don. I'm going to stop you right there because you know what? I was thinking more about this ever since we covered intervention. And you know whose fault it is for Spike being in the position he's in now? It's Spike's because he created a Buffy sex bot that made him a priority during a battle that the minions saw, which made them think that he was the key. So that's on Spike. (laughs) You've got a point. So another reason why, as you and I are saying, is it really that heroic? (laughs) Like what he he did? I just, yeah. I mean, this is just a common theme with the Summer's Women, right? Of thinking that they are the ones to blame uh, and taking on a lot of responsibility on their shoulders. So that's what we're seeing here. You know, poor Dawn needs some supernatural counseling. Like, she is shouldering a lot right now. Mm-hmm. And I really like this scene. I think Michelle does a really great job. I Like, I really believe in her tears here. Dawn says, I'm like a lightning rod for pain and hurt. And everyone around me suffers and dies. I must be something so horrible to cause so much pain and evil. Spike says, rot. I'm a vampire. I know something about evil. You're not evil. And Dawn says, maybe I'm not evil, but I don't think I can be good. And then Spike says, well... I'm not good, and I'm okay. Are you? <laughs> so we cut to Tara struggling with the nurse um, as Tara gets wheeled out of the hospital, or sorry, out of the room that she's in. Uh, Willow is saying goodbye, saying, like, I'll see you tomorrow. I love you. And Willow then tells Xander, because she's like, Willow's trying to, like, go after Tara, and Xander's like, Willow, no. And she's like, I don't think I can sleep without her. To which Anya says... You can sleep with me. <laughs> Awkward silence for a moment. And then she says, well, I came out a lot more lesbian than it sounded in my head. <laughs> oh, Anya. I like that Anya's trying to help. You know? Yeah. yeah. She gets some good lines in this episode. Uh, Buffy says, there's nothing you can do. Willow gets really intense and says, yes, there is. She's about to storm out of the room. But Buffy follows her and says, no way. You can't even think of t- about taking on Glory. And Willow says, you saw what she did to Tara. I can't let her get away with it. Buffy says, no, you have to let her get away with it. Even I'm no match for her. You know that. Oh, all right, Buffy. Okay, I see what you're saying here. You're more powerful than Willow. All right, all right, all right. (laughs) Willow says, maybe I am. And Buffy says, you're not. I won't (laughs) let you go. So here we see Buffy trying to put her foot down again. Yeah, she's giving Willow some tough love. (laughs) And Willow says, this is not your choice. It's mine. Buffy says, this is not the time. 
And Willow says, when, Buffy, when is? When you feel like it? When it's someone you love as much as I love Tara? When it's Dawn? Is that it? And Buffy pleads with Willow, says, when we have a chance, we'll fight her. When we have a chance. You wouldn't last five minutes with her, Willow. She's a god. So Willow gives in and says, fine, I'll wait. Buffy says, it's the only way. And Willow says, yeah. Uh, She starts walking away and calls out, let me be alone. So what do you think about this scene? Because for me, once again, I just, I got annoyed with Willow. (laughs) Sure. I see that. It's like in Fear Itself. When Willow got mad at Buffy for feeling like, I'm not your sidekick. Like, I can do magic. I can I can do it. And Buffy's like, no, like, it's we don't know what's going on right now. And your magic isn't always controlled. So you're going to make things worse. Also, Buffy's thinking about Dawn. If Willow also gets caught, it's a great thing that, that Tara did not give Dawn up to Glory. But if Willow gets caught and then gets tortured, who knows? Like, now that's three people in, in this little gang of people that know about Dawn, right? It's It's a risk. So don't do it. Sure. I think Buffy is thinking that she doesn't want to see, she doesn't want to lose Willow as well, right? Like that has always been her thing is she's always taken that Summer's responsibility of I can't let people get hurt because of me. And that's been the common theme throughout the past several seasons, right? It's always I have to go fight the big bad by myself because I can't let you put yourselves in harm's way for me. So Willow being the one to try to take on glory when Buffy thinks it's her responsibility as the slayer. It's not just an ego clash. It's also Buffy feeling like if I let Willow do this and she gets hurt, like I think she will, that's on me. And then I have the guilt of, you know, not being a good enough girlfriend, not being a good enough daughter, and now not being a good enough friend. Yeah. And I also want to lean into the one part of this conversation where I really think Maybe Willow had a point where she says, like, when is it the time, Buffy? Because you jump to, like, when it's someone you love, it's it's okay, but it's not the same for me and Tara. And at first I was like, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Like, Buffy does, she takes all the people she loves in her life, including Willow, seriously. But there's a difference because Buffy does jump to save those she loves. Like, example, when Angel was poisoned by Faith in season three, right? She's like, I'm going to go kill Faith. When Angel was kidnapped by Spike and Drusilla, she's like, I'm going to go find Angel. But the thing is, is that Tara's not in harm's way anymore. What happened, happened. And now she's um, unfortunately in that same insane state as the other patients they've seen. So this is not about rescue anymore. This is about revenge. And Buffy has seen Giles go through this, right? When Jenny Callender was killed. And it's just suicide at this point. So I think Buffy's learned from those experiences and that's why she's coming down hard to be like, let's do it when we can be guarantee a victory here. Yeah. Of course, Willow runs to the magic shop. <laughs> Shocking. I'm so shocked. <laughs> what? What? And Buffy's like, I thought that worked. Me just being like, don't. And she was like, okay. <laughs> so she goes straight to the restricted section, right? She pulls out knives and spell books and she opens up a book called The Darkest magic i love <laughs> and so it's darkest magics with a k and an s on the end yeah and i love i love how there's a lock on it so she has to smash the lock yeah but also like how convenient is it that you have a book full of darkest magic like that's like putting a a, a side on a box that says there are drugs in this kids <laughs> like why would you do that <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. I mean, hey, can I also add that when Tara expressed that she's a little bit frightened of Willow and her escalation in her magic use, this is kind of what she was talking about. <laughs> Why do you even have that book, Giles? Why do you even have that book, Giles? Just get rid of it. Anyway, yeah, that's hilarious. And you and you know when there's a KNS on the end of magics. It's legit. Like this is this is like when vampire spelt with a Y. It's like legit. <laughs> Giant vampire book, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> at Glory's, she's telling her minions that she thinks she's got a buzz from eating that witch. <laughs> um, and the minion is saying, uh, "Aren't you concerned about the Slayer?" And Glory says, "I'm closing in here. The key is as good as mine. Buffy's just only got so many friends. All you have to do is rip through." Uh, one by one until finally, and then the apartments start to shake. The apartment that they're in the condo building, and they're all look confused. And she's like, "Did it? Did anyone order an apocalypse?" I mean, it is Southern California. That it could just be an earthquake, right? Possibly, but the last two have been apocalypses. So she's bang on. Willow bursts through the door using magic. She's floating, and her eyes are black. She is looking creepy. She flies in. And she's saying a spell. The minions scatter. And Glory says, oh, it's the lover. That's so cute. And Willow ends her spell. She says, hold mine, victim in, as in tar. And Glory is stuck in some tar barrier. And Willow says, I owe you pain. And she, she's like a Sith Lord. She just like shoots lightning at Glory. And Glory's like, ah! <laughs> it's pretty intense. <laughs> oh, oh my remember when she was floating pencils two years ago so right. <laughs> those magics with the k and s are super intense so let's cut to the cave because buffy is telling don that she, it's not her fault right and don is like how's willow and buffy says she wanted to get all paybacky on glory but i cooled her down <laughs> She's like, I cooled her down a lot. And Spike is like, oh, so she's just going to do, she's not going to do anything rash then. And Buffy is like, yeah, there's, I explained to her that there's no point. And Spike's like, uh-huh. And you're saying that a powerful and mightily pissed off witch was planning on going and spilling herself a few pints of god blood until you explained? And Buffy's like, I told her it would be like suicide. And Spike's like, I'd do it. Right person, person I loved, I'd do it. And Don says, think, Buffy, if Glory had done that to me. And that's when Buffy's like, oh, shit, I fucked up. So Which I have to say, like, this is kind of obtuse on Buffy's part. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. I think the writers have kind of made her be a little bit less intelligent than she normally is, less perceptive, right? Like, I would have liked if they had just made Buffy, like, back at the hospital, Willow, like, storms out and Buffy would, like, wait for a moment. And then she'd be like, Follow. right? She'd be like yeah no <laughs> but i mean i know the writers had to kind of give time for willow to go do her thing but i just oh, buffy's smarter than this come on i agree uh, they just needed a reason yeah for for willow to get a head start i think <laughs> i want to know what happens when like giles goes back to the shop and that whole loft area has all been like uh like willow was not being no, chill no, no, about no. It. anya is gonna be pissed off oh yeah it's anya because she have to clean it <sighs> <laughs> it'd be so funny it was like was another troll in here or something because willow was making a mess and she's making a mess in glory's apartment too because she shat she says shatter and the mirror shatters and the glass pieces hit glory and rip her dress off <laughs> what do you think that's gonna do Willow? she's a god like... but i know this is i'm sorry 
the lightning was pretty cool <laughs> just just because it reminded me of darth darth sidious but um glory says is that it is that the best you can do you think i care about all this the apartment the clothes and she rips off the top layer of her dress down and there's like a really cute blue slip underneath which is i think is so cute that was black. it looks blue it looked blue to me on my on my tv so cute slip dresses are back in so i want it but yeah this is what i mean i, I i'm not impressed with willow's magic in this scene but like it's a lot more than what she's been capable of before but still glory punches willow so hard she flies across the room and she says sucking on your girlfriend's mind that was something to treasure willow gets up her bag comes closer to her uh glory says what's this bag of tricks and willow says bag of knives and knives fly out of the bag and fly at glory they do absolutely nothing she just knocks them out and then Willow starts to do another spell, and Glory throws a table at her, <laughs> and it hits Willow. Willow should be dead at this point, right? This is Sander the troll all over again. Willow definitely should be dead. There's no doubt in my mind. Like, if Glory punching her in the head didn't do it, <laughs> surely, surely the table to the back would have, like, cut her in half. Although I will say, maybe the magic's protecting her. I assume that's what we're supposed to think, yes. There is no excuse for Xander. <laughs> Absolutely none for surviving the troll's hammer. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway, like I know we're laughing. This is a very visually impressive scene. They're blowing a lot of the season's special effects budget on the flying knives and the snakes that we're going to see in a moment. Like, there's a lot going on here. I love that she decided to do snake magic because Glory did snake magic earlier this season. Um, but it doesn't do anything. I'm not impressed with it because the snake crawls up Glory's leg and she kicks it off. <laughs> and that's it. So Glory and Glory is saying what I'm thinking here. She says, this is getting weak. And so are you, honey. Willow spits in her face. Glory grabs a knife and drags Willow. And Willow's like, no. <laughs> and Glory puts Willow against the wall. And she says, you know what they used to do to the witch to witches lover? Crucify them. And just before she stabs Willow, Buffy grabs her from behind. And she says, they also used to bow down to gods. Nice, Buffy. And Buffy and Glory start fighting. Buffy says, things change. And as they fight... At one point, Willow puts that tar shield back on, and it gives Buffy and Willow enough time to escape. And Glory shouts, this isn't over, you hear me? It isn't over. Ooh. So, the next day, Willow's absolutely fine. There's not a bruise on her. She feels great. But she is taking care of Tara in Tara's dorm room. I'm thinking they're packing up Tara's dorm room right now. And is Tara's dorm room located <gasps> in a sewer basement? Kara, can you explain I'm laughing to me? so I'm reading the line, and I had the exact same thought. I'm like, where are we, right? Because it's like, Willow's room is so yeah. bright and cheerful, and like, Just this room windows, is yeah. sash. It's like Angel's apartment, only somehow worse. Willow, no, Angel's apartment was, was really beautiful, minimalist architecture stuff. This is like a dank hole. <laughs> like, I think that Tara painted the walls black herself. I'm like, was this Xander's parents' basement? <laughs> this is worse than Xander's basement. It really is. Yeah, it's worse than the master's cave because there's no, there's not even candles anywhere. Um, it's just, it's like, because I know that Tara's room was always black walled. Like, I know that. 
But this, I guess because they're packing things up, it just looks sad. And um, my notice of this, and here's where I started getting more sympathy for Willow, even though I've been hating on her all episode. Willow is clearly going to be taking care of Tara. And it's a 24-7 responsibility to take care of somebody like this. We, I mean, Ben said that. <laughs> Fucking listening to fear. But um, I don't know if Willow really understands like the, the task she's taking on. But the way that she's doing it, no questions asked, I think really speaks for her love for Tara. Yeah, I had the same thought. I yeah. think Willow is very, she has a lot of conviction right now that she's going to take care of Tara. And I'm not saying I'm doubting her. But I, I'm along the lines of what you said, it's like, this could be forever right like yeah. you are know? very yeah you're very certain right now but it's like do you really understand what you're getting yourself into yeah the other thing i thought was just kind of like you know once again it's sunnydale hospital so you're just gonna release this person into uh <laughs> this other person's care right like they're not married they're not family so it's like did tara already have some kind of power of attorney of personal care drawn up in the event of of her incapacity like yeah why did they release her to willow right <laughs> like well, and and i'm joking like obviously because we just like to make fun of sunny the hospital but also it's like there's a reason why hospitals don't do this and i i know that it's it's awful that they don't recognize you know like same-sex partnerships in this capacity but it's like it's so that random people can't just come up and claim somebody and be like, hey, I know this person and I'm going to take care of them. I promise. It's like there's there's a reason there are rules and the doctors at this hospital do not give a fuck. Maybe, maybe Willow said she's her sister because the, the doctor did ask earlier. <laughs> I know Willow could like forge some documentation, I guess, but... Just the fact that the show just completely glosses over it. Oh, come on. Hear, hear me out. There is a spell in the Magics book that <laughs> is about forging signatures. And Willow used it last night. <laughs> there, it's like written in like the margins. The monk who copied out the book is like, you want to know some real dark shit? Here's how I forge a pass to the scriptorium. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Ooh, evil evil stuff oh my god sorry i just thought like what if you went to the darkest magic book and it just turned out to be the most mundane like teen <laughs> girl stuff no or again like like praise Moloch, like his level of evil <laughs> shit right like... oh my willow should have saved the Moloch book right like they should have put him back into a book and then just saved him unleash him on glory what spell did you use today oh i trapped gum in someone's hair <laughs> What if what if they jacked Glory in and let her fight with Moloch in cyberspace? Damn! Everyone's always like the comics, the comics, the canon comics. Can we please see that in the canon comics? <laughs> That's a prize fight worth attending. <laughs> like if that was the comics, you and I would be covering them. No questions asked, you know? Disney, hire us to write the new comics. <laughs> we have we have the Sunnydale Grey's Anatomy spinoff idea. We've got Faith and Trick. And now we've got this. There's so much. All right. Here's something really nice. Buffy and Dawn have brought everybody sandwiches during this move. Dawn is being really gentle with Tara. And Willow is like, let's start slow today. And she feeding tara applesauce and this is this is what i meant cara i was like when i watched this i mm -hmm. was like she can't even yeah. feed herself she can't even feed herself like willow do you understand what kind of care like you, you're yeah. not gonna be able to go to class and then dawn's asked to help willow said and willow lets her and buffy's so sweet this is exactly what you should be asking people who are um, maybe not dealing with this particular situation because this is very unusual but um 
Buffy asks, what will you, what will she need? Like, what do you need from me? And I think that's such a wonderful question to ask somebody who's struggling. And Willow says, I don't know. They gave me a lot of stuff to keep her calm. They said I might have to restrain her at night, but sometimes she's fine. And she looks at me and she's fine. Buffy says, I'm sorry, I couldn't. And Willow says, no, no, it's okay. I can do this. I'm going to take care of her even if she never, she's my girl. And Buffy touches Dawn's hair and she says, I understand. And Willow says, I know you do. And finally, Willow feels like she's on the level of everyone else when it comes to loss. And she under- they understand each other. They understand caring, caring for people they love, right? So there's a little, a little girl moment, the four of them, right? Girl power. I love it. Uh, Willow tells Tara, do you hear that, baby? You're my always. I cried. Aww. Oh, did you? You shed a tear? <sighs> yeah. Like, again, we are we are rightly being a little skeptical that Willow knows whether or not you know, what she's getting into with the, the chronic care situation. But like in this moment, she is stepping up, right? And, and we're feeling this unconditional love for, for, for Tara. And I don't think it's a stretch to say that like this is the kind of wholesome and extremely positive representation of a queer relationship that we need on the screen at this time. You know, like the show is making such strides. It's showing us that not only can a sapphic couple be in love on TV, but, you know, the the depth of that loss that Willow is feeling right now and the way that she's going to care for Tara, like, like this is what we need to see. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's actually really beautiful. And again, I like Willow a lot in this last scene. I think it's, this is really moving and touching until the entire wall of this sewer drain <laughs> resident room crumbles down because Glory's standing there, sunlight streams in, and Glory says, I told you this wasn't over. And Tara starts shouting, and Dawn tells her it's okay. And Tara looks at Dawn and she says, Look at that, look at that. The light, it's so pure, such pure green energy. It's so beautiful. <gasps> Everyone gasps. Glory smiles. Cut to black. Okay, so why is this the first time Tara's freaking out about Don? Because, like, it makes sense, right? And it, there is something ironic that Tara does ultimately betray Don's secret this way. But because we've, we've seen the other people, the other suck jobs, notice Don, but they always notice her right away. Like, when she snuck into the hospital, into the psych ward, they all kind of, like, noticed right away. Why wasn't Tara freaking out earlier in the scene until now? Maybe because the sun hit her? Oh, yeah, you're right. Because mm-hmm. Willow did mention that she was on antipsychotic medication, right? So like maybe, maybe the meds were kind of making it harder for her to notice, and then the sunlight kind of like illuminated was her. enough of a stimulus. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I'll buy it. It was effulgent enough. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. So oh my. So again, yeah, I totally get what you said at the beginning of this recap that. Um, this made you just want to watch the next episode, <laughs> like right? It's a good cliffhanger. Yeah, it's a good cliffhanger. So, who's your hero? Tara. Obviously, it's Tara. Yes, Tara with her broken hand and her whimpers, but also just for straight up being like, I sympathize with Buffy, but I'm also here to have a real conversation with you, Willow. Right? Let's talk yes. it out. What a like, fucking gem. She's so mature. She's so good at being in a relationship. <sighs> she's a real one. Oh. <laughs> we love you, Tara. We have two more hot stakes in addition to the one that I shared earlier from Angela. 
Yes, we do. Our first one is from Emily, who wrote in about blood ties. She says, can we talk about what the fuck Giles was thinking, deciding that Dawn's secret identity that Buffy is literally guarding with her life from an actual hell god, hell bent on finding the key. Why is this appropriate material to write down on a paper in her his diary? <laughs> <laughs> Touche, Emily. Touche. So, so that is legit. I think that's a great point, Emily. I will point out that this is actually pretty good infosec because and I, I know that this is just because Giles doesn't really trust technology these days you know if you want to keep something secret uh, you can't keep it in your head for whatever reason writing it down on paper is actually more secure than having it stored digitally right because things can be hacked you know things can be stolen and easily like unless you encrypt the drive or whatever it's a lot harder to hack paper unless you physically get access to it I don't think Giles was expecting anybody to break in and read his watcher diaries especially since that last incident when somebody tried to read his diary and they found out about sex with Joyce, right like i made that part up but you know <laughs> um so i'm not trying to dismiss your point emily i'm just also trying to point out that like actually this probably was a pretty secure way to store this secret yeah but you're right like <laughs> giles probably should have thought better about this just keep it in your head until it's all over then write it down giles <laughs> thanks emily our other hot steak is from adrienne <laughs> who uh says some very complimentary things that i'm going to skip over and then says you can read it later staff come on <laughs> One thing that struck me in your discussions was to do with gay relationships and the coding of witchcraft for homosexuality. On reflection, perhaps uh, we, and Adrian's referring to uh, the group that she would watch Buffy with at university, um, perhaps we were a more enlightened group. But the Wicca aspect was more shocking and interesting for my friends and I than a character being gay. Wicca was fairly new in terms of mainstream awareness, and it was a whole new concept. We all loved Willow, and she was always our fave, which grew as the show expanded. We all loved Tara, too. We never really made a big deal about the relationship between Tara and Willow, but the introduction of magic and Wicca was a huge shakeup and fascinating. And then Adrian also just goes on to kind of ask us about our opinions on Xena, because Xena being another 90s show, which also had uh, a fair amount of uh, queer coding, diverse casts and whatnot, um, and express some interest in us possibly covering Xena, which, <laughs> I mean, never say never. Uh, we'll see what the future brings for the Prophecy Girls. Um, did you watch Xena at any point when you were younger, Steph? No, I never did. I never seen Xena. I, I, I saw episodes here and there, you know, playing on the Space Channel here in Canada. I never watched it kind of like appointment viewing uh, regularly like I did with a show like Buffy, but I, I've seen episodes. So, like, I see what you're saying, Adrian. I don't know if it's going to hold up the same way Buffy holds up. Uh, I've tried rewatching other 90s shows that are similar to Xena, and I'm just kind of like, they're very interesting from an anthropological point of view. I'm not sure I would want to subject myself to the whole run as a podcast show. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But like, hey, maybe we can cover an episode in a bonus episode sometime or something, you know? Who knows? Who can say? Thanks for writing in. All right. Um, yeah. Thank you, everybody. We have three more episodes to go. Wow. And thank you especially to our Buy Me a Coffee supporters, including our chosen ones, Lizzie, Holly, Kayla, 
Jordan, Julian, Nicola, Luis, Joshua, Emma, Taza, Kyle, Destiny, Erica, Allison, Jace, Haley, and Tasha. Three more to go. See you guys next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to Prophecy Girls. If you want and can't afford to donate, head over to buymeacoffee.com slash prophecygirls for one-time and monthly options. We appreciate all of your support, even if it's just spreading the word about us or enjoying our show week by week. We also invite you to join us in the discussion by messaging us on our social media channels. Follow us at Prophecy Girls Podcast on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook prophecy underscore girls on twitter also email us at prophecygirlspodcast at gmail.com or visit our website prophecygirls.ca where you can find the link to our discord can't wait to hear from you praise malik see you next week